I'm gonna make that night be gone away. I'm gonna make that night be gone today. I'm gonna make that night be gone away. I'm gonna make that night be gone today. Welcome to Time Out with Britt and Lisa, where we help educate you about people who have narcissistic personality disorder, people we refer to as the narc. The narc. (laughs) (laughs) The narc. Sorry, I like doing that. (laughs) I know you do. In this episode, we're going to teach you how to deal with the chaos narcissists or narcs create in your life. And of course, a narc is someone who doesn't have the ability to show authentic concern for anyone and they're unable to have a real connection with anyone. That's correct, Britt. Narcs are only concerned with themselves. But we are actually talking about in our program, not just specifically narcs, but people who are very self-centered, toxic people who cause chaos in conflict in your life. Now, these people could be your parent, your coworker, your boss, spouse, sibling. It could be anyone. We want to make sure that you understand that what we are talking about is the behavior. We're not talking about the specific person. So that behavior can be encapsulated in any shell, meaning it could be any ethnicity, nationality, sex, gender, anything. We are specifically talking about the behavior. And today we're going to focus on conflict and chaos. <laughs> yes, exactly. And right now, you know, Lisa and I can really feel the chaos that you're probably, or you are experiencing, especially if you're living with a narcissist. Yes. With everything just being so intensified right now with what we're experiencing in our world and, you know, being at the stay at shelter at home orders. If you're living in a relationship with a narc and you're socially isolated with them, then all the mayhem that they typically cause is even wound up tighter because the level of stress is just so much higher right now in our world. Wouldn't you agree with that, Lisa? Yes, yes. This is a terrible and historic time, nothing we've ever seen before. And because of that stress, you have not only the pandemic stress, you have what The results of that, a lot of job losses, a lot of uncertainty, it's very difficult to concentrate. And unfortunately, narcs deal with stress by their behavior, their conduct is actually exaggerated. And if you are sheltered with a narc, you will be the target of the narc. And so you will suffer even more stress than you normally do. So do know that we are here for you. We are walking this journey with you and that we will help you get through your journey and get rid of the narc. In other words, make that narc be gone. Yes, I love that, Lisa. Exactly. And so what we're going to teach you guys today is really how to minimize the chaos that is going on in your life. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about the negative narcissists, and we're going to talk about the importance of the NBG pause, which we will talk to you about often. You will hear us talk about the NBG pause pretty much every time you speak with us, because we just really feel passionately that this is the number one way to deal with the narc and the chaos that they create by learning that. And then we're going to help you understand like, well, how do you implement the MBG pause, which is with the four to soar, which we'll get into that in a little bit. And yes. so Lisa, you want to dive right into this? Yes. Yes. Negative yes. Yes. Narcisse. The negative so what narcissist. <laughs> what is a negative narcissist? Yes. The negative narcissist is actually a negative thought. And narcissist is spelled N-A-R-C-I-E. Now, the negative narcissist is a negative thought, but is a negative thought that the narc has implanted in your mind, in your brain. And let me explain how that works. Now, the narc, for those of you who are going through our program and understand our program, you understand that we describe to you how the narc controls or attempts to control your emotions and manipulates you and others. He or she does so through what we use the analogy of as a football game. And there are different quarters in the football game. And the narc is engaged in numerous plays, game plays. 
in order to affect the manipulation. Now, in quarter one, as many of you know, quarter one is filled with fun times. The narc is impressing you. You're falling in love with the narc. It's called love bombing. It's all types of fun. And you are just holding, putting that narc up to a pedestal. Now, in the second quarter, that's when the negative narcissists will start. The narc is not going, in many instances, with regard to the negative narcissist, is not going to say, hmm, your haircut looks terrible. No, the narc is going to, if there's a, for example, a woman who passes by and say your haircut is a short bob, and a woman who passes by, the narc is going to say something like, oh, look at how beautiful her hair is. It's so long and flowing. And that type of a comment would be repeated every time there's a woman who passes by who has long and, quote, flowing hair. Well, what that does, of course, is it implants in your mind that because your hair is in a short bob, that your hair is not beautiful. Now, the narc didn't say that. He didn't say anything about you. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what Lisa's saying is so those negative narcissists is it's these thoughts that they keep saying to you to make you self-doubt yourself. And that's one of the things right. like Lisa was talking about with the football game analogy that we've created is the narcissist behavior, they do a series of patterns. People mm-hmm. say to me, narcissists are so confusing. In actuality, they aren't because right. their behavior is it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. One moment, that's the first quarter. One moment, they can be charming and happy and fun and loving and telling you you're beautiful. Right. And then the second quarter, and this is when they start to plant those negative narcissists in your mind is mm-hmm. with shaming or blaming or criticizing you or criticizing other people, criticizing your friends. Right. And then all those negative narcissists and what they're attempting to do, what do you think they're attempting to do? Why do they plant the negative well, narcissists? Well, what they're doing is that they are trying to control who you are dependent upon, which is them. They want you dependent upon only them. So if they control the way that you see your friends, the way you see your family, which of course they want you to see them negatively and you only look at the narc positively, then when you have any issue, the only person you're going to run to, the only person you're going to trust, and that's in quotes, is the narc. It isolates you. It really is the same pattern that in a physical or sexual abuser does, isolate you from family, from friends. But the narc does this, of course, emotionally as well, and psychologically as what. That's a great point that you bring that up because that is what they really do is they right. groom you at the beginning. That first quarter yes. is a series of they come in and you love know, grooming, yes. love grooming and you're just great and I love you. And you just think like, I mean, you, for me, you know, I love white roses. Mm-hmm. So I got lots of white roses when I was involved with my narc, you know? Right, yes. And so, and told me I was beautiful and all those things. And then for me, and I think you love to say it, which I love is you call it, it's a slow cooking. Yes, so it, it doesn't is. doesn't typically mm-hmm. happen overnight. Right. And it's a, a subtle shift. Yes, exactly right. You're not going to be able to put your finger on it. You're not going to be able to say, hey, this is the moment that he or she started acting this way, you're not going to be able to do that because of the slow, it's almost like brainwashing. Brainwashing is not done overnight. It is something that's done over time. That's what happens with the narc. The first quarter, for me, it was whining, dining, went to museums, just, it was fantastic, had just a fantastic time during that first quarter. Never had met anyone like that. And was just swept off my feet. And that's generally how narcs work when your narc is someone that you're having a primary relationship with. They will sweep you off your feet. You'll uh, just fall head over heels in love. But understand that's not truly who the narc is. What he or she is doing is they're giving an Oscar winning performance, really. To what? To gain your trust. To gain your trust. Yes. No, that's exactly right. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want to touch a little bit on, because Lisa and I refer to romantic relationships, but again, this could be someone with a business deal. Right. They're going to present with you everything you want to hear. They can do the job. They can do everything else. So you trust this person and you enter into that agreement or it can be, you know, a friend. right. Right. Your boss 
-hmm. Yes. And that's why it's so hard because once you've given that person your trust, Mm -hmm. then the second quarter, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to gain your trust. You give your trust. Mm -hmm. And then what they start to do with these negative narcissists is they are teaching you to learn. I think it's like this language or this thought pattern of, well, wait a minute, self-doubt or wait a minute. And then you start judging yourself. You start judging other people. That's exactly right. That's a great point. Not only do they cause you not to trust your friends, your family, they cause you not to trust yourself. So truly the only person you trust is him or her. And that is the key to them having control over you. And so these negative narcissists, they could be, for me, the negative narcissist was making me feel as if I wasn't worthy, that the person who had long flowing Mm -hmm. hair was beautiful. I was not. He hated locks, which is how I wear my hair now, of course, and I've always wanted to wear my hair. Oh, (laughs) Lisa has great style. And he would like criticize her style. And I- Oh yes, all the time. And you know, if I showed you a picture and I'll find a picture of how I looked in one point and post it on Facebook or something in a private group. Yeah. Show you how I was groomed to look and thought. The other key thing is that he or she implants your own thoughts so that I actually thought I liked looking that way, but I didn't. It was so contrary to who who I was and who I always have been, but you don't even realize it because of the slow cooking. And so what was your negative, Narcy? Yeah. Well, I had several. One of mine is he liked to tell me that I was oversensitive. Mm. That he loved to tell me, you're just so oversensitive. And I would be oversensitive in the sense that I had lost, if we lost our family pet and I was still crying for a week, <laughs> he would uh, tell me like, you've got to get over this. You're just so sensitive. Over the like, death of a family of member, a family. essentially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he also liked to tell me that this is an odd one. It was he, so I'm five, nine, so I'm a tall. Right. And he, at the beginning, would tell me that I looked like a long drink of water. I think that's what he would say. And I was just beautiful. (laughs) That was the first quarter. Mm -hmm. And then further in our relationship, he started commenting on how he loved dark-haired women that were five foot three or shorter, shorter Mm -hmm. in stature and short. And how it's a shame that I can't wear really, really, really hot, high heel. Like it was just weird. And I'm sitting there going, I haven't changed. Did your taste and people change or. Right. Exactly. It's confusing. That's exactly it. And that causes that confusion, that chaos in your brain. You're confused. Well, wait a minute, because you're of course remembering all of what happened in the first quarter. And, And those of you who are in our program, you understand snippets of that first quarter will reappear during the second quarter when the narc believes that you might be detaching from him. So then he'll, he'll start, you know, doing sending white roses, complimenting you and stuff. So you fall right back into that first quarter feeling of love and adulation for the narc. All of that is psychological manipulation. Exactly. And I had a client and they were struggling with a business relationship. Mm-hmm. And in the business relationship, the person was doing things that weren't ethical and oh. they kept telling him, you know, that he was not organized and he's, he's a meticulous, very organized person. Uh-huh. And so I finally just started telling him, I said, well, just say to the person, just because you say something doesn't make it true. Right. Because mm-hmm. he had learned the MBG pause. Right. And when he implemented that, it started then to show that this person was really causing chaos and planning these negative things because my client was thinking, well, gosh, maybe like, maybe right. I'm not organized. Right. So and maybe that I'm would not. be the negative <laughs> narcy for yeah, your client. Yes. Right. He is organized. But right. the fact that they kept telling that, but they were sending stuff, does that make, I'm just yeah, trying to does. give another analogy that's not just romantic because that's where Lisa and I, you know, the narcissism is just so prevalent in our culture today. It is. It is. And so and that's why we want to focus on, you know, this isn't just romance. primary relationships, yes. romance. It can be. Right. It could be secondary relationships. Like we say, boss, employer, employer co-worker relationships. And what we're trying to teach you is how to recognize those narcs 
and the behavior and how to execute counterplays so that you are detached and unaffected by them. That one thing we don't teach is we don't teach no contact. And Britt, can you explain to our listeners why we don't teach it? Because we actually don't believe that it is the best method of detaching yourself and making that narc be gone. Exactly. And that's what will lead us into helping y'all really start to learn about the power of the MBG pause. Correct. Because, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're so excited, one, to have this community and just the response we're getting. So thank oh, you guys. Yes. Thank it's, you all. <laughs> Lisa and I often say, you know, if I'd had these tools 20 years ago, so much of my life would have been, it would have saved me, my family. A lot of time. Yes. My turmoil, tumultuous years would have been cut in uh, to a third if I had had these tools. Right. <laughs> I tell you. So we want to make sure that you all have the tools that we yes, and time. join the community. So we're so excited about that. But this goes back to, and that's the thing that, you know, narcissism is so misunderstood and people feel like it's so confusing. And when you learn that the behavior, it's easy to spot because it's constantly changing. And so a lot of people say you have to go no contact. And the reason why we're very specific that you don't have to go no contact, that doesn't mean that there aren't certain circumstances that you might have to. Yes. Especially if you're dealing with a dangerous Dan. Right. Dangerous Dan. Or if there's physical abuse. Right. That would be a no contact. But generally, it is not necessary to go no contact. And I think you are not actually teaching yourself the most important step. And that is emotionally distancing yourself and not being affected by whatever the narc does. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. for those cases, would you want to echo this? For those cases where there is physical abuse and real danger? Yes. We aren't saying not to go no physical contact. Yes. Get into a safe place and learn the MBG pause. Yes. So, and if you have to still be in their same place, like if it's a, you know, a family member or a mom or a dad, or you're having to co-parent or something. So right. what the MBG pauses is like Lisa said, it's where you, you know, you learn, I call them boundaries. Yes. And I love that we're going through the social distancing right now because it's helping this concept. It's helping people learn this concept a lot more. Because, you know, physically, I've got to be six feet from someone, you know, why? To protect myself and to protect them. And that really is what emotional wellness is. And that's what you're going to learn in the MBG pause is, you know what, this person might be in my physical space and I can protect myself by learning mindfulness, learning the four to soar. Yes. And not being affected by that person, even though they are standing right in front of me. You know, I am not affected. Before we get to the NBG pause, I just want to talk about one more thing with the negative narcissists. You know, the negative narcissists. Negative narcissists. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Just stay with me, Lisa. I sometimes go on sidetracks and Lisa's like, stay in your lane, Brent. But do you ever remember the TV show, Little House on the Prairie? Oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> I just keep thinking of Nellie when I hear negative Oh, Marcy. Nellie, yes. She was. <laughs> she would have been like, does that sure. make me? That is sorry. so funny. We're aging ourselves. <laughs> we really are because I actually loved her character because she was so her. negative. She was so yes. funny. She was so yes. negative. <laughs> sorry. Okay. So go back to point. You're a negative oh. Narcy. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to point out that Britt said what negative narcissist she had. And I said what I had. Do understand that there are many other negative narcissists. Again, those are negative thoughts that the narc has implanted in your mind. And those could be feelings of worthlessness, guilt, distrust, rejection, failure, those type of feelings that the narc has slow cooked, slowly cooked into your brain. Those are the negative narcissists that we um, teach you how to push them out they don't belong to you. So we're going to get rid of those. And the NBG program helps you to deal with those and to get rid of those. Now, the thing I love that Brit has developed to help teach you how to get those negative narcissists out of your brain is regarding first thought, second thought. Could you explain to our listeners that process that you've developed to help them get those negative narcissists out? Yes. 
when this dawned on me, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just so true. Because before I was in my relationship with the narcissist, I believed in good. I had hope. I had joy. I had happiness. I had relationship. I liked myself, you know, right. and what the negative narcissist does, what the narc does is he flips how you start to think. And so you start seeing things through negative lens and self-doubt and fear and worry and rejection because you're in this, like I've said, they've taught you to learn really the language of, you know, hopelessness or helplessness or right. self-doubt. They've mm -hmm. planted that self, um, yes. that negative narcissist. So what I said, and I'll ask Lisa, so this is what Lisa's wanting me to share with you is, so do you believe, and I'll ask Lisa, do you believe that you can always control your first thought? Now, when Britt asked me that the first time, my immediate reaction was yes. But now I know, of course, that that is not true. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> Wait, where's my little thing? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> right, exactly. And so when I realized that, so I'll tell you what the exercise that I do. It's real simple for those of you that like to take notes like Lisa and I do. <laughs> is when you realize to so write this, I, I cannot always control my first thought. And what can I control though, Lisa? You can control your second thought, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and exactly. you control your action. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when I realize that, like, it is normal, friends. It's so normal during times of stress and chaos to have worry, self-doubt, fear, we're experiencing that in this world right now. That's normal. And when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, it's normal for you to feel alone, rejected, not right. good enough. Right. That's going to be your first thought. And when you can say, wow, okay, so what do I do now? Because yes. what I used to do is I would ruminate. I would, you wake up each morning with hope, this person will change. I'll be able to change. We'll be able... And it's just this pattern that doesn't stop. Right. So when you realize, okay, so if I had that fear of rejection or fear of loneliness, well, what could my second thought be? It could be, you know, joy. It could be intentionality. It could be reaching out, like Lisa said, in action. Yes. Well, you know what? I can learn to trust myself again. I can change. I can see the good. I can find a community. And that's what we're hopeful for. And we're, you know, loving that our students are just having such a great response is this is a group of people that I can turn to that can right. help me unlearn that mm -hmm. language of self-doubt, all the negative narcissists and replace them with positive. Right. That's exactly right. Shifting from that first thought, which you couldn't control, it being a negative thought, shifting immediately to a positive thought and then a positive action. And you will see if you engage in that mental exercise, every time a negative thought creeps in your mind, because it will, you will see that the frequency of those negative thoughts will decrease over time and they'll get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you pretty much all the time have positive first thoughts. So that exercise is very important because remember, the narc has slowly but surely implanted negative thoughts in your head and you have to get them out. So you have to have, like uh, Britt always uses the word with intentionality, you have to intentionally push those negative thoughts out. And this is the exercise that helps you do it. It's an easy exercise. It's one that you can remember. And once you start doing it, you will almost by rote do it whenever a negative thought comes up. Exactly. And that's where we're helping you. That's what you're going to be doing in the MBG pause. So yes. the MBG pause, which will, you know, come to. And so our program and our e-course has the nine steps of really yes. how you heal one, if you're with an ARC, how to heal. And also, if you're not, how to protect yourself. Learn the behavior of toxic yes. people. Because the likelihood is, I mean, you would agree with this, Lisa, where we are in mm -hmm. the world. But there's that stat that's over 160 million people right. are impacted by narcissistic abuse. That's exactly right. So if you're not with one, or your parent isn't one, or you don't know one, you're not in a primary or secondary relationship with one, you probably will be at some point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, so in our step four of the nine step 
process or method is it's called the pause. And yes. so I'm going to read from our book, which we're so excited. Yes, our book, our you book, our book, it. our book should be released. We have a mini book with the program. So those who are with the program, you do get a mini book, which is the uh, course or textbook for the program. But we are coming out with the full book. Yeah, it's available. Yeah, it is available. Yes, it should be available. We believe it should <laughs> yes. be available. So go to you know com and it should be there, I believe. So we're excited. Yes. And if it's not, because we haven't checked, it was supposed to be maybe a couple of days ago. And I actually have to admit that I have not had the time yet to check. If it is not there yet, it will be within a matter of days. But definitely pre-order if you need to pre-order and, and get our book. It's in-depth about the program itself. Right. It's another tool. Another tool. That's really what we're doing is we're helping equip people just with the education because education yes. and prevention is the best way, guys, to, you know, really learn how to protect yourself, those mm -hmm. you love, and how to heal because this narcissistic abuse is, it's invisible. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay. So read from our book, explain to our listeners about the fourth step, the pause. Right. So it's right here. It's the pause is where you take the time to acknowledge and address your feelings before you begin the process of healing and recovering from the damage inflicted by the narc. And this step is important for not only your emotional health, but your physical health as well. And the thing that I love that our program helps you do is if you've heard in that statement, I said, you have to do this before right. you can start the process to healing. Right. Because you have to know what you need to heal. <laughs> I mean, it really exactly. is. Exactly. That was brilliant, Lisa. <laughs> thank <Yes>. you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I mean, it, the pause is so important. Now, do understand that the fourth step of the program is the pause. And it's not something that's just going to take 15 minutes. It's not going to take a day. It will take as long as you need for it to take to accept what's going on, acknowledge what's going on, identify what needs to be done. I mean, that's a process that only you will be able to do because you know the narc that you're dealing with. You know the relationship that you have. You know what has been done and you know what needs to be done. So exactly. only you can take that time. Yeah, go ahead, Britt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and if we keep reading in here, it talks about, you know, so what you're going to be doing in the step is you're going to be dealing with feelings of anger, fear, regret, sadness, disappointment, frustration, because they're real and justified. Yes. And for me, one of the silver linings that did come out of my relationship with narcissism is you know, so my life right now is healthy and the people that are around me are very caring. I have caring, real relationships. Right. And what's going on in our world right now, I'm having to intentionally practice the pause because right. of what's mm -hmm. going on around us. Because that's really how you learn how to manage the chaos. That's one of the gifts that the narcissist gives you is when yes. you learn this, you will be emotionally whole. You will be able to manage chaos, disappointment, uncertainty, because we can't control it. Right. And Britt, that's a fantastic point because this pause teaches you not only how to deal with the narc, but how to deal with, like she's saying, chaos and conflict and disappointment in other aspects of your life, such as And to this find pandemic. joy. Yes. And to find joy in that because you can't always, you know, you can't control that first thought. You know, right now I see people that are sick and I mean, there's real hurt right. going on right now in our world and real uncertainty. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so you'll hear us talk about the pause because it is so, so important. It's important as a step. It is important as a counterplay. And you'll learn this throughout the program and throughout our podcast. And it's important as self-care. So it has a trifold importance and is the most important aspect, I believe, and Britt certainly believes of the program. So why don't we talk about how do you pause? How do yes. you pause? So how you pause. So what's going on is if anything in your life is feeling uncertain, if you're getting triggered 
and mm-hmm. things are just uncertain. What does a good football coach do? He calls a timeout. He pauses. Right. Yes. He gets you. Okay. So yes. what you have to do is during the pause, we call it the four to soar. Yes. <laughs> and so this is what you're going to do is number one, you have to remind yourself you must change. Number two is you have to remind yourself narcs thrive on manipulating emotions. Number three, you must give yourself permission to thoughtfully and peacefully detach from the situation right now. And then number four is create a kind mind and life. Be kind to yourself. Self-care. Right. Right. That's exactly right. And again, this is called the four to soar mental exercise. This is how you pause. So let's talk first about step one, which is acknowledging, accepting that you must change. And why must you change? Because the narc won't. Exactly. They don't want to. The narc doesn't believe that they need to because they're superior, the the definition of a narc. All they're concerned about is themselves. Nothing will make them truly, if they're a narc, nothing will make them concerned about you or anyone else. Now, they may act like they are, but they're not. So you're the one who has to change. You were a specific person, compassionate, kind, and you still are. Before you were with a narc, you've changed because to survive in any type of relationship with a narc, you have to. It's you're adapting. Yes. So you've got to change back to who you were. So you have to accept that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's really regaining that trust within who you are and just being able to identify that there are certain people that they operate on selfishness, using people, and they don't have an intent. They like to play games. And so the best analogy, Lisa knows probably, <laughs> you know which analogy I'm going, or <laughs> is this Charlie illustration? Brown? Charlie Brown. Yes. <laughs> well, I loved this because this made so much sense to me is because I tend to be a visual learner. And when I was watching the Charlie Brown cartoons, if you know, y- y'all are probably familiar with it. It's the peanut characters, you know, with Snoopy and Charlie Brown and Linus and Lucy. And there's a reoccurring theme that they play often. It involves Charlie Brown and Lucy and Lucy will hold a football and will say to Charlie Brown, can I kick the football? Mm-hmm. And so Lucy's like, come kick the football. And so Charlie Brown will go and try to kick it. And each time he tries to kick it, she pulls the football away and he falls on his head and like gets hurt. And so each time he keeps doing it, if you keep right. watching him, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I have is she'll say, do you want to kick the football again? And he'll say, you must think I'm gullible. And then there's a, even one scene, Lisa, which <laughs> I love. <laughs> and he, of course, will keep doing it, which is what we do. You know, right. we keep giving someone the benefit of the doubt. But so this is just the point that they won't change. Is So what Lucy does in this one scene is she actually hands him a contract. Mm-hmm. And says, Charlie Brown, I have a contract stating I'm going to let you kick the football. And he's like, walk. He's like, oh my gosh, maybe today will be the day. I'll actually get to kick the football. And he goes and runs. And as he's kicking it, she pulls it away. And then she shows the contract and says, funny thing about this contract, it's not notarized. <laughs> and he's like, hurt again. And so I just love that analogy because Lucy's intention is to keep pulling the football away. And keep lying right. to Charlie Brown. And so what Charlie Brown... He keeps falling for it because he remembers Lucy from the first quarter where all this great stuff was happening. And so that caused him to trust her, even though she's right before his eyes and her actions are clear that she's not going to allow him to kick the football. He still trusts her and he doesn't trust his own instincts. Exactly. And that's what I love that, Lisa. And that's what we're going to teach you because then what could Charlie Brown do is that's where we get to number two. So you've got to realize you've got to change. You've got right. to change. Right. And two, number two, right, is manipulating emotions. That's what Lucy does. That's what a narc does. They manipulate emotions, your emotions, everyone's emotions. That's what she's going to do. She loves it. Seeing Charlie Brown's face when he's running about to kick the football and the football is yanked back. She loves seeing his face of confusion and despair. She loves that. 
That's exactly. what she thrives on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so then that leads to number three is... Oh, before you go into number three, I just want to point out for this mental exercise, the first two steps deal with your thoughts. So right. one and two are your thoughts. You have to think, okay, I must change. He's not going to. Number two, I have to realize they're manipulating my emotions. That's what they thrive on. Well, number three and four of the four to soar, we're shifting now to your action. So the first two on thoughts and the second two focuses on your action. So what about three? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Britt. What were you saying about three? No, no, no. That's perfect. Because right now, if there's someone in your life that's causing you to doubt yourself or that's shaming you or yelling at you or causing you, you've got to pause. And at this moment, give your, this is number three, give yourself permission to thoughtfully and peacefully walk away detach from the situation. Mm -hmm. And that's what Charlie Brown could have done. He could have said, you know what, Lucy, I think I'm just going to go play with Peppermint Patty. Right. And not, I'm going to go play with like, and just yes. go do it. Calmly and it might just go be, do it. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, for me, sometimes what I would do is if a situation is getting, you know, heated, I'll just say, I think I'm going to go to the ladies room. And I right. just walk away. Mm -hmm. Remove yourself. Yes. You just remove yourself. And it's okay. Yes, that's exactly and that's right. healthy. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get into number four, what you can do there or go on a walk or just say, you know what? I'll be right back. Yes. And if and you remember in step two, number two, they thrive on your emotions. So don't yes. change who you are because you are a compassionate person. And kind. Yes, and that kind. is who you are. It's them being able to bring out anger and frustration and despair, that's what they're thriving on. They're thriving on the fact that they brought it out because guess what? That focus is on them. Your anger, your despair, it's because of them. And that's what they live on. They live on attention to them, no matter what type of attention that is. Exactly. And your anger might be justified. It probably is. Oh, I'm sure you'd want to knock <laughs> like, that. <laughs> right. It probably is for someone to just say to you, off. you know, like, why right. would you wear that? You know, or oh, you're just so disorganized. You're an awful mom. You want to defend yourself. You want to defend well, you know, I have and explain. To Sorry. That when I was with my narc, this picture would pop in my mind of me driving this Mack truck <laughs> and him being in the middle of the street. It was like, oh, but... I learned to step away, <laughs> detach myself, and to walk away. So it does take a lot of practice. And as Bridget said, it moves you to number, once you walk away, that make, takes you to step four. And like she said, be kind to yourself, right? right. Bridget, do something for yourself, self-care, something positive for yourself. Exactly. And I love how you said that, Lisa, about the Mack truck, because that is a normal reaction because- if you watched our cartoon and you've got, you know, poor chocolate with the narcos turned the stadium against him, he feels that big. So if you're in yes. a long-term relationship with a narcissist, you will be fearful of them. That is right. that normal. What she's talking about is if you notice in that cartoon, Chalk is, his size is small. It has, you know, withered, whereas the narc is standing 10 feet tall over him. That's how you feel. You feel tiny with the narc standing over you. Right. And getting all of these people to be against you. That's the yes. feeling when you're in the middle of being targeted in a primary relationship or even secondary again with a narc. Right. That's and exactly like Lisa right. was saying, in this four to soar, those first two are your thoughts. Just reminding yourself, you know, mm -hmm. you must change. They thrive on manipulating my emotions. And so now we're shifting it to you. So give yourself permission to thoughtfully and peacefully detach. And then number four is, you know, that self-care. And that's my favorite part, you know, so yes. <laughs> it's taking care of yourself. And so, you know, we've got, you know, lots of tools, you know, to be able to help you if you go to nartbeyond.com to really like learn things to do that we're happy. But, you know, what was your favorite thing that you did or artwork? artwork. Yes, I would paint. Now I can't draw, but I do abstract painting. I would do that. I would pick out a tune on the piano. I would write. I know you wrote also. What was your favorite thing? Yeah. I love music. So mm. I created like a whole music list 
just positive, inspirational, inspirational, yes. you know, positive things that reminded me of like who I am. And that's what we've done for you all, our listeners. Yes. Yes, we have an inspirational music library for you all. And we'll continue to add to that. In addition to songs that everyone is familiar with, we are creating our own original songs. So I know Lisa Lisa did. I know Lisa (laughs) did. She doesn't like, she recorded the entry song and wrote it. And it's just beautiful. Written so sweet. (laughs) Vegan today. So. That's so sweet. I cannot our... sing, but <laughs> I can write music and I can pick out a tune, but I can't sing. But at that time, Britt and some of our producers felt it was important for our voices to be on the original. But I do like it and we'll continue to do that and to help inspire you all. Well, it's therapeutic. The way. Yeah. Like Lisa mm-hmm. was saying, with creating that kind mind, because what you're doing with doing artwork or listening to music is it's reactivating that positive part of your mind. And so a great exercise with that music is to create a life song. And that's that song that's reflective of you. And I listened to that. My song is Hands by Jewel. You know, if I could tell the world just one thing, it would be Mm -hmm. we're all okay and not to worry because worry is wasteful and useless in times like these. I would write that over and over again. I would listen to it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would get my balance back. Yes. And so each of you who are listening, Do what brings you joy, and that is going to help you every step of the way. Oh, 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 oh. what is that? Yay! Game time, (laughs) listeners. Game time. (laughs) Now, you all know that Britt and I, and actually we have game cards for those of you who are in the program, and there are going to actually be physical cards that will be coming out soon uh, that we play. Now, this game is, it is to help you, of course, to learn the game plays that are conducted by the narc and also the counter plays and other aspects of narcissism. It's a fun way for you to reinforce this information so that it becomes second nature to you and it helps you, exactly. of course. Yes. Make that narc be gone. Narc be gone. <laughs> right. So you're going to be able to really be able to start pat- recognizing that pattern because you're going yes. to realize there is a behavior pattern. <laughs> yes, exactly. So although it seems, the narc seems to be complex, they're not. And we've broken it down for you. And so this is our way of teaching you. So the game. Now, I have 3.5 points and Britt has 1.5. So I'm winning right now, mm-hmm. but Britt now has a chance. <laughs> she has an opportunity to catch up. Yes. The game, okay. the way we play it is I will choose a card here and the card will give either a play or a counterplay or a um, concept. And Britt has to, I'll ask her the question. She has to give the definition and she has to give an example. For each of those questions, she'll get up to one point. So for a total of two points. So let me choose. All right, Britt. Yes. The card today is, please give the definition and an example Hmm. of the rule changer play. Okay. So as we're helping you guys really learn how to manage chaos, I think this is a great one. You know, they talk about that conflict creator. That's what they're doing. And so the rule changer, the definition that I would use is that well, they changed the rules. <laughs> Sorry, because it's the rule changer. They changed the rules. And what that means is that I believe that they changed the rules to benefit them. Yes. And you plant negative narcissists in your mind. Absolutely. That's exactly right. I was about to say, no, you only have half a point, but you did finish it, which was... <laughs> I get two? No, well, oh. no, you get one help, one full point because you give the definition and it is that they change the rules for them. They don't change it for you. Now you have to abide by the rules according to them, but they don't have to. So give our listeners, please, for one point okay. and so, Oh, example. then we'll be time. Okay. <laughs> yes. And they will be tied. Yes. Yeah. So I'm actually going to give one that's going to be, because this is sometimes what can make the struggle with narcissism difficult mm-hmm. is because they do live in this kind of gray world sometimes. And so what I mean by that is, so if you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. it will be natural for y'all to start to assume kind of rules or kind of just expectations that you do. Right. right? And mm-hmm. then you just start doing that. Like Lisa and I, we have expectations in our relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. So an uh, expectation 
that my boyfriend and I have is like, he loves to make coffee for me in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's his thing that he loves to do. And I love that he does that. So if one morning he woke up and had a fever and was Mm -hmm. sick and I looked over at him and said, well, aren't you making the coffee this morning? (laughs) (laughs) That this doesn't happen. I'm saying (laughs) this is an example of what a narc would do though. The opposite. Mm -hmm. If I was in my old relationship, what he would have said is, let's flip it. If I got him coffee every morning Mm -hmm. and then I woke up with a virus and was vomiting. Right. And I said to him, would you mind getting me coffee? He would have said, you are so selfish. Oh, typical you. Mm -hmm. And I would have been like, shaming, 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 blaming you calling. Yes. Yes. Or he would have the ignore such so sometimes the plays go together, but this would be yes. how the rule would have changed is he would have gone and gotten himself coffee and said, <laughs> see, I have to take care of myself. <laughs> and you'd be like, what? That is exactly. illogical behavior. Right. So in a healthy relationship, you know, mm-hmm. we go with the, so I, of course, in a compassionate relationship would say to my boyfriend, if he was sick, Hey, sweetheart, can I get the coffee for you this morning? I wouldn't even say it. I just would do it because that's normal. Exactly. Yes. I think you're exactly right. So you do get your other point. So now we are tied (laughs) 3.5 to 3.5. Now we are running out of time, unfortunately, but we do want to take the time for our segment of Ask Britt and Lisa. Yeah. So today's question, (laughs) today's question is how do I help someone who I believe is a target of a narc? And these are questions that we actually take from listeners and from students who actually ask us. So this is a real question from a student. How do I help someone who I believe is a target of a narc? I'm going to let Britt answer that question. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a great question. And we get asked that often. And so what I would say is one is understand, put your, put yourself in this person's shoes. They are struggling with the negative narcissist. They're struggling with self-doubt. Yes. So they're reaching out. If they're asking, then yes. I would do a couple of different things as one, just make sure you're being non-judgmental, focus mm-hmm. on the person's behavior. And I would direct them to our website, have them take the quiz. You see if they're with a narc, I would start to ask them, you know, well, how do you feel about the behavior that's occurring? Mm -hmm. Or if maybe they're not saying anything and you see someone that's in a harmful relationship and you want to do something, I would ask them if they're okay. Ask them if they're okay. Tell them if they want to talk at any time, you're always available. Make sure that you are not coming off as judgmental. Because remember, that person is being judged and blamed and shamed and everything else by the narc. And so you don't want to come off that same way. You want to make sure that they feel that the door is open, that they can come to talk to you at any time. Right. And the second thing would be is to make sure you're shifting the focus on them and Mm. not shaming what the narc is doing. Because to get the narc to change or try to get them to see that's really what a big struggle is often. Yes. I think with this, Lisa, don't you agree? Is that you have this hope each morning, well, I can change my behavior. The narc will change, or you're trying to make sense of their behavior. So and that's where I would yes. try. You can't. And the likelihood of someone with a narcissistic personality disorder of going and getting diagnosed, that has to happen Next with a therapist. And it, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's why we're very big on, you know, we want y'all to hear is we're focusing on behavior. So just because we say someone is a narcissist, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean they suffer from the narcissistic personality disorder. Correct. It's the behavior is what we try to get you. So that's what I would try. I wouldn't go and say, I think the person you're involved with is a, nar- is a narcissist or suffers. I would just say, this behavior doesn't seems a little off, does it to you? So asking right. those questions and getting them and say, well, how would you handle that? Versus trying to change for the person. Right. That's exactly right. So, of course, direct them to our website and our community. community. Yes, definitely join a community. That's the number one thing. It absolutely does. Well, unfortunately, it looks like our time is up. But before Um, we go, we do have great news. Britt, you want to tell our listeners our great news? Yes. 
We're so excited. Just with everything that's going on in our world today, like we said, you know, we can feel the chaos and feel what's going on. So, you know, Lisa and I have gotten together and we had a real just important team meeting that we really want to be able to provide these tools. Right. So we can come alongside you each day. So tell them what we're doing in April. Yes. In April, for the month of April, we are actually reducing our coaching price from typically Britt and I together for coaching charge about $400 for an hour of coaching. And we are actually giving it for $33, approximately $33 for the month of April for each coaching session. So that's a total of about $97 for the remaining three coaching sessions for April. And we're doing this because we want to help wherever we can. We know times are tight. We know that the need is high and we want to reach as many people as possible. So, yeah, so we're going to do that for April and May. And the exciting thing with that is that's going to give you for, you know, April and May, that's going to be seven hours of coaching one-on-one with Lisa and I, you're going to get daily support. You're going to get into our private, yes, private community support Mm -hmm. group. You're going to get worksheets. So you're going to learn this language. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you that hope and that help that you need. And that's what we're just so excited. Yes. We're so excited. I know. Yes, we are. We are. Yeah. Yeah. So if any of this podcast or any of the information really resonated with you, then we just invite you to join us at www.narkbegone.com and share this with your friends as we're rising together and our communities coming together to really impact and educate people about narcissism. Yes, that's right. That's right. We thank you all for joining us today. And we will see you next week for Time Out with Britt and Lisa. So Lisa, are you in? Yes, I am. (laughs) Britt, are you in? (laughs) Yes, I am. So let's get our game face on. And what, Lisa? Let's make make that that narc be gone. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye. Because my life is mine. It's time I take it back I'm gonna make that not be gone True love is divine And of it I will not lack I'm gonna make that not be gone I am a light against the darkness is he Haunting his game I will no longer be My truth will shine and causes chaos to cease He will not thrive upon a feast of me My life is mine and it's time I take it back I'm gonna make that not be 